I'm Satya Nelms and this is Our Mother's Gardens. On this show, we discuss the seeds our mother sowed in us, the ways we have grown, and how we learn to blossom. In this space, Black women that have learned to define success on their own terms share stories of their beginnings, healing, and thriving. Welcome and thank you for being a part of this community of mamas, grandmamas, aunties, sisters, cousins, daughters, and friends. Today we are in the garden with Lita Harrison. Lita is a freelance photographer living in Austin, Texas with her two daughters. She is creating a space of expression for all. When you hear the word mother, what does that word bring to mind for you? What does it mean to you? Immediately, it means, to me, it means nurturer. And I know for some people, it could potentially mean the same thing, but that's what I think of. And I think, I also think of nature, I guess, because I associate mother nature as, you know, as like a common thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also connect very much to nature because it does nurture me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when you think about um, that definition and think about who, who has nurtured you and who nurtures you, who are the mothers or who is the mother that comes to mind? Um, it's my grandma who is no longer living and my, um, my aunt has been a huge mother figure in my life. Um, more specifically in the past few years, like I've been able to come to her, get advice. Um, and she's been very understanding and non-judgmental and she makes me feel safe. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that feeling of safety is that one, or that that feeling of safety within this nurturing mother space is that one you feel like you had? Is that a space you feel like you had access to growing up, or is that something that you're just now being able to access? That's something now that I'm being able to access just in my own experience of being a mother. Mm. Um, I understand that my childhood did not, like my mother wasn't bad. I think she just did not have the right tools to be able to nurture me in the way that I needed it. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my childhood was spent taking care of other people, um, AKA my sisters. And then, you know, growing up as an adult, I got into relationships. So I was taking care of those people and I had my own children and then I was taking care of them. And mm-hmm. then when I finally became, um, single is when I really identified, I need some I need some nurturing. I need some mothering. I need, there's something that I need and I'm not, I haven't gotten it. And I, and I don't know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, as I told you, like I moved out, I moved out to Texas mm-hmm. and, um, I had gone through a really rough time and I was really scared. And at the time I was not 
on great terms with my mother. So I reached out a lot to my aunt, like mm. for whatever reason, she, she made me feel the most safe in that particular situation. Mm-hmm. So we've just been connecting as, I don't know, like she is my mom. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what did you need? when you were a kid, you know, you said that there were things that you needed that you weren't, you know, that you weren't getting. What did you need? A lot of attention, a lot of attention, a lot of reassurance, a lot of validation. Um, I didn't, I don't remember, I don't recall a time that I was ever like hugged or, was really affectionate with my mom Mm -hmm. and um having my own kids I was able to I was able to do that naturally it was almost like it was almost like I was reconnecting when I connect to my kids that way I was reconnecting to myself if that Mm -hmm. makes sense Mm -hmm. yeah so, um, so yeah, in this, you know, in this difficult time, I just felt really like I felt really down and really, um, just overwhelmed to say the least. Um, and my aunt, she really stepped up and showed me, you know, gave me a lot of reassurance, gave me positive validation, helped me with certain resources and um, I really appreciate that from her. Mm. What memories do you have of her from your childhood and your adolescence? She was always, she's always been this way. Mm-hmm. She's always been very nurturing, very caring, very loving, very kind, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, if I'm honest, like I, when I was younger, I would say I wish that she was my mom mm. because she gave me the attention that I was looking for. Mm. Mm. So, so yeah. Um, and then in the relationship I have with my mom now, it's um, we're cordial. It's not. A, it's definitely not a mother daughter relationship. We just. You know, we're just where we are for right now. I don't even want to say we tolerate each other because that's not, that's really that's really hard to say because mm-hmm. I do, you know, I do see where my mom has tried. It's just ha- her effort hasn't worked for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where do you think that disconnect, I guess, comes from in terms of? that you know being able to repair or build on that relationship is that is it that you're just two very different people or there's a lot of hurt there or a lot of different things there's a combination of things so in her own childhood it was the same narrative for her she was not nurtured in the way that she needed she was not validated in the way that she needed and she essentially sought that out outside of herself. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think she ever really learned how to 
reconnect to herself to be able to offer that same love towards her kids there's so there's two of there's two more of us Mm -hmm. yeah okay and your aunt but that's the biggest thing that's the biggest aspect yeah and your aunt who you have you know more of this like mother-daughter relationship with is that your mother's sister or your father's sister that is my mother's sister Mm. that's my mother's sister I don't I my I do not know my father other than I have two siblings that I've just met this year yeah I have so I have a little brother and I have a little sister wow how did you find yeah Um, through Facebook, my little brother actually found my mom and, um, connected with her, um, through Facebook Mm. and she told him about me and we've been chatting ever since. And that was like, that was like February of, um, February of this year, actually. Mm -hmm. It was so interesting because that like no less than 24 hours I have lost a really close friend and mentor Mm -hmm. so then finding out like I had a little brother was just kind of like I was so all over the place it was a really interesting time I can imagine yeah I can imagine yeah and then we found out we had a sister and you know we've all three of us just been we've been you know busy in our um adult lives but We've just managed to stay connected. And even as their distant older sister, I still feel like very connected to them. Like Mm. if something happened to them, I would have to take care of them, you know, that sort of thing. So, Mm. yeah. So that, that beautiful gift that you have of nurturing others, you mentioned it as well with your, Mm. you know, your sisters that you grew up with. Mm-hmm. Is that something you feel like you've always had? Was it by necessity? Where did it come from? I think it's something that I've always had. I just, like, I knew when I was younger, I knew very early on that I wanted to be a mom just because I felt like I, my purpose was to help take care of people. And it's very interesting how that kind of plays out how I kind of set the tone for my life very early because so I'm a photographer and I do a lot of photo documentary work like telling other people's stories so that's kind of like how this is manifested in my current job now I'm a manager so I take care of like 20 some plus people in addition to all of this um so so yeah, it's just interesting how everything has just come full circle. Um, and I used to really fight with myself with regards to being so caring and nurturing. I thought mm-hmm. that there was something wrong with me, mm-hmm. that I cared about people at the capacity that I did. And for a minute, it was very like, it was very, it was It wasn't borderline. It was people pleasing because I hadn't really tapped into who I was. And so, um, you know, not having those boundaries and not going through certain experiences yet 
it turned very bad. Mm -hmm. And so now I've been able to kind of use all of these different experiences to still take care of people and really learn how to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. So I have a, I have a couple questions about what you just said, okay. but so what, what made you feel like there was something wrong with this tendency to nurture, with this desire to nurture? What made you feel like you needed to not be that way? It was honestly, it was the people that were around me, the influences around me. You know, a lot of the times I would hear, oh, you're too nice. You're, you know, you let people take advantage of you. Um, you don't need to give everybody everything all the time. You know, those sorts of things. And I would always hear, um, I'm too emotional. And I just, I never could understand um, why that would necessarily be a bad thing. First, being a woman. And second, being just a human being. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had a really hard time, you know, digesting that. And I think when we're younger too, we just don't have the capacity to understand certain things unless we go through them. Mm -hmm. And that, that was very much the case for me. It wasn't like, I know myself and I'm kind of scared to get to know myself because that means that I might not be available to everybody it was a very, you know, it was a very scary realization. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And how did you find your way through that? I just kept, I just kept doing stuff. Honestly, I just, I would put myself in situations that would allow me to feel mm. and not necessarily run away from the very hard things. It was just, I need to be here. I need to work through this because each and every single situation will, will grow me in, in a different capacity mm -hmm. and have me identify and connect more to myself. And essentially that is exactly what has happened, especially within the past three or four years, because these were the most difficult times um, of my life. Mm. yeah most rewarding and most difficult mm. Mm -hmm. and what aspect I guess what what made them more difficult than any other time period especially thinking about you talking about the way that you grew up and feeling as though there were things that you needed that you didn't get which is incredibly challenging especially processing that as a child what made you know, these past few years, even more challenging for you? Um, well, I had gotten really sick mm -hmm. and I essentially lost everything. I lost my job. Mm -hmm. I lost the place I was living at. My youngest daughter had to go live with her father and then my older daughter went to go live with my mother. And so there was a lot of me rebuilding and trying to figure out how I was going to be a functioning adult mm. with all of the issues. Mm -hmm. And it was hard. And I kept trying things. They wouldn't work out. I kept getting depressed. Like, and then it would be like great things would happen and then not so great things would happen. So it was a lot of like 
seesaw. Mm -hmm. And then, um, you know, and then I moved here. um, And that really changed the trajectory of how I thought I was supposed to live my life. And so what ended up happening is that I moved here and it didn't work out so well. I moved here to reconcile and that didn't work out. But I, and I tell everybody this, you know, I was, I was born and raised in DC, but I really became an adult woman in Texas. Like I really had to grow up and I really had to identify some things. And I think if I would have just stayed where I was at, I don't, know that I would have been able to grow in that capacity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's that's so interesting for someone who had to embody the qualities of adult of an adult it sounds like in many ways with you know nurturing you know siblings and being there for other people to still feel it, it sounds like you almost, you did, you couldn't become a full adult until you learned how to take care of yourself. You know, that taking mm-hmm. care of other people didn't make you an adult. It was taking care of yourself that did that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Did you see any examples of the women in your life, the mothers in your life, taking care of themselves when you were growing up? Not specifically, no. Like, my grandma took care of everybody. Mm-hmm. From her children to her husband to her grandkids, she took care of everybody. But she was a very strong lady. Mm-hmm. And when she was dying, um, it was really hard to see her so dependent upon everybody else but I think she needed it Mm. you know and I think it was very hard for her to accept the fact that she needed help Mm. and just kind of seeing that that sadness about you know depending upon other people was the thing that made me sad for her Mm -hmm. but you know my mom I mean my mom's so my mom presents really, really well. Like she's got her, she's got a whole bunch of degrees. She's always dressed really nice. You know, she's got really great taste. But in terms of like the people that she chose to be with, um, how she treated her mental health, I never saw her like set a boundary. And so a lot of the things that she does, I have done. Mm -hmm. And I catch myself either while it's happening or after like, oh, my God, my mom did the same exact thing. Mm. And how does that feel when you when you catch it, when you realize it's happening? Um, it's hard. It's hard to digest. Um, more so than anything else, I feel annoyed mm. because I'm, I think I'm trying to do everything in my power not to be like my mom, mm. but I have to give myself some grace because she is the only one, the only woman that I was around primarily to 
to show me how to be an adult. And like I said, a lot of things I just had to learn by my own experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did you learn from from your mother, from your aunt, from your grandmother about love? It sounds like there's a, you know, especially when you talk about your grandmother and when you talk about your aunt, there's a lot of love there. What did you learn from them about how to love? Um, in terms of love, um, I think with them, I learned that love can be unconditional and love is more or less a place that you're in with someone versus a feeling and they always always wanted to keep me safe when i think about love i think about safety Mm -hmm. i think about safety and they really kept me safe or at least they tried to keep me as safe as possible So outside of what you learned from them about love, what what other, I guess, life lessons did you learn from them? Either direct lessons, like these are things that they told you that they wanted you to know, or things that you observed from them that you like absorbed from them? You know, I don't remember anything. The only the only very specific thing that I remember for my grandmother, she would always say, keep a stiff upper lip, kiddo. And essentially, she would always tell me that in terms of just be strong. And when I would go through a really hard time, I would always think about her saying that because she would say that every single time I would call her and and talk about, you know, any difficulties that were happening um, Mm -hmm. with me. I would generally call and talk about her daughter, my mother. And and, um, she would always tell me that. Um, I think for her, just her specifically, she taught me how to be strong. And she, I think she also taught me how to roll with the punches, which is something that I've done really well. But in looking at that now where I'm placed at in my life, that wasn't always the best thing. Sometimes you do have to fight and sometimes you do have to speak up, especially when you're being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that's something that I'm learning. I'm learning a lot more is that it's okay to, to say no. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then for my aunt, You know, I will say this about my aunt. She really supported my creativity. Like, I've always been an artist. I've always drawn. Um, She really fostered my creativity. um, And she really made me feel like, like, going back to that safety part, she made me feel like it was okay to be who I was, even Mm -hmm. though I was struggling with my identity Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and being comfortable with being whoever I am, whatever I was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you think growing up a black girl, a black teenager, you know, into a black woman, how did that influence and affect your the way that you were mothered or your or even your experience of being mothered? You know, so it's very interesting because there is my mother's white mm-hmm. and there's a misconception that you know, white women have a different experience. They do. But when it comes to the mother-daughter dynamic, in my particular situation, it has been very, very similar to a lot of Black women uh, with the whole mother and daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my... I don't think my mother conceptualized what my experience would be like. I knew that she loved my father. I knew that she chose him um, out of rebellion. And I do know that um, she didn't have enough life experience to understand that I'm bringing a black child into this world and there's a very different household conversation that happens when you have a black child because i have them with my black daughters right now Mm -hmm. and i never had that and so i didn't realize that there were issues with racism and all these other things until I became much older, until I could see things for myself. Mm. You know, I experienced some things, but nothing, you know, nothing to the degree of my friends. Mm. And I'll never forget, um, I was severely bullied in middle school and I could not figure out why. And it was from these, it was from black girls. And the... One thing that I remember hearing them say is, is you ain't like that. Just because you got light skin and curly hair, you ain't like that. Like they kept force feeding that to me. And I was just, I was really confused because I was like, but you're brown too. And you have curly hair, mm-hmm. you know, why is it so different? Because I look this way. Mm-hmm. And so I would tell my mom, on these things and she couldn't understand it mm-hmm. and then the bullying got more severe and I stopped going to school and she mm-hmm. couldn't figure out why and after that there was a lot of like um there was a lot of self-harm happening mm-hmm. because I just hated I hated what I looked like I hated myself I couldn't figure out why people hated me because of you know, what I looked like. And my mom thought that I was just making all of this up and she couldn't understand Mm -hmm. why I was so angry. Mm -hmm. And so I think now, you know, now that things are more out in the open, just, and this is just kind of like 
something that I've considered, you know, for, I don't think that there's anything wrong with biracial couples or anything of that nature, but I think that, you know, people really need to understand that there's a completely different dynamic and there's a whole bunch of different conversations that happen when you do have a black child. Mm. And I wish, I just wish I would have learned that earlier on because I think I would have learned how to protect myself a little bit better. I think I would have learned how to honor myself a little bit more because I really really did not like myself I didn't I just really went through a lot of just reckless behavior just Mm -hmm. disregard just didn't didn't really care because I didn't have that foundation of like Mm -hmm. you know you're beautiful you're beautiful no matter what right so So when and how did you begin to like yourself and love yourself Mm. honestly this year when I turned 40 I like I've always so it's been off and on for me like I really when I was younger it was like yeah no I don't really like the person that I am and then you know I kind of like grew a little bit and was like, okay, I guess I'm okay, you know, but never really had any like clear ambitions for myself. I was just kind of like coasting through life and was still kind of like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But this year, when I turned 40, I really sat myself down and really just kind of went through all of my accomplishments really like looked myself face to face in the mirror and really honored my inner and outer beauty in a way that I haven't done before because I do like I do recognize that I am an attractive woman but actually feeling that and honoring that is something completely different right right Mm -hmm. and was there anything in particular outside of it being a milestone birthday that inspired you to sit down with yourself in that way? Um, not really. Like I had just been accomplishing a lot of different things, things that I didn't know that I could do. Like me just like I shot my first wedding this year and it's just been really progressive. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I've done like maybe five or six of them now, you know, I, um, completed this really tough photo workshop. Um, I was really into my, my physical health journey. Um, I got promoted, you know, there was a lot of great things that have happened. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I have healthy children. I've got a great relationship with my children. You know, I manage all of these things on my own. I'm making great connections with people. I'm setting boundaries. I'm giving myself grace. I'm understanding what my faults have been and coming to peace with a lot of different things. And sometimes it was, you know, it was really dark, mm-hmm. but um, I'm, I'm really grateful that I went through, I went through these things because mm-hmm. I really do have an appreciation I really do have an appreciation for myself. Mm. 
I just want to say it's beautiful to listen to you give yourself credit like that. It's inspiring. Ah, thank you. <laughs> I was like, yes, well, keep it going. It's well deserved. I yes. think, you know, I my hope is that, you know, women, um, women can get to that point where they can honor themselves in that way, you know? And it's, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on women to be these super women, if you will. And we can't do everything. We cannot. We need rest. We need relief. You know, we need to maybe do one or two things at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no merit in being a phenomenal mom, a career-driven woman, a, you know, I work out twice a day, seven days a week, um, I do everything right. I pay off. Like there's, it, it's great if you are doing that, but there's a lot of stress involved in that. And I think when we fail, we don't give ourselves enough credit mm-hmm. like at all. And that's, and I've been in that position too, where I have not given myself enough credit for the things that I have accomplished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Our Mother's Gardens. If you want to support the show, you can make a sustaining donation on Patreon by visiting our page, Our Mother's Gardens. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at Our Mother's Gardens PC. Our Mother's Gardens is a Honey Bunch of Stinkweed production. The podcast features music produced by Pata.